Hi, I'm your host, Amy Frina. For over 30 years, Care Credit has been enabling people just like you to get the care, procedure, or surgery they want or need when they want it. Behind the thousands of amazing testimonials we receive from our cardholders are the dedicated providers and healthcare workers who make these stories possible. In this series, we are giving you exclusive access to these well-respected and renowned care experts who are all part of our Care Credit Network and asking them to share the information and answers you need to make informed decisions about your health, wellness, and personal care. We have Dr. Stuart Wang joining us to talk about a very common cosmetic treatment, Botox. Dr. Wang is a renowned board-certified plastic surgeon and the medical director of Wang Plastic Surgery and Med Spa in Upland, California. Dr. Wang is a member of the American Society of Plastic Surgeons, the American Society for Aesthetic Plastic Surgery, and the International Society of Aesthetic Plastic Surgery. His expertise has been recognized throughout the years with awards, presentations, and appearances on radio and TV. Let's listen as Dr. Wang talks candidly about Botox and shares what you need to know to decide if this procedure is right for you. Hey, I'm Amy, and today we are here with Dr. Wang of Wang Plastic Surgery and Med Spa. How are you today? I'm great. I heard you're up to four practices now. Absolutely. <clears throat> Life is busy. Life is busy. What yes. are the locations? Well, our flagship location is in Pasadena, okay. and uh, we recently expanded out to the city of Santa Ana. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a med spa uh, at the city of Glendora, okay. and I have a satellite office in the city of Upland. Wonderful. So we're serving this great San Gabriel Valley and the Empire and now Orange County. Fantastic. Congratulations. So tell me about your journey to becoming a plastic surgeon. Well, it's a, it's a long journey, uh, but I'm finally here. Yes, um, you made it. I started out actually as an engineer and um, didn't feel like working with computer all day long. Uh -huh. And I much prefer talking to, with, with, with people. Uh -huh. And so got into med school and uh, picked up uh, what I felt was I was pretty good with my hands, so transitioned into surgery. And there you have it, love doing aesthetic surgery ever since. Well, here you are. Yes. <laughs> so what are your hobbies when you're not working? Well, the limited amount of time that I have, uh, I love spending time with my family. Mm -hmm. uh, I do play a little golf, and uh, uh, when I have spare time, I love to travel. Great. Where's one of the places that you've been that stand out the most? Yeah, my last trip um, is in remote little mountain town uh, in Japan, uh -huh. in northern Japan where we pretty much did nothing but sit in a hot tub and uh, watching sunrise. That sounds amazing. Surgeries all day to hot tub and sunrise. Absolutely. <laughs> what is one of your most interesting cases, one that maybe stands out from the rest? I think the most traumatic uh, surgery and working with someone is some, somebody who's lost a ton of weight mm -hmm. and they just have so much skin and they don't feel great about their body. They, in fact, they come in fully clothed, they're covered up. Um, you can barely get a smile out of them. And uh, with them, we have to spend quite a bit of time going through multiple surgery to cut away all the loose skin mm -hmm. on different parts of their body. But when it's all said and done, after a couple of years, they came back a brand new person. They're smiling, their clothing changed, they just carry that self-confidence. And it's just unbelievable feeling to see that they feel like they got their old self back. Right. And that's just 
amazing. I was going to ask you, what is one of the most rewarding things about your job? And that's probably it. I think we, we, we see that every day in my mm -hmm. life is helping people restore their confidence. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. You kind of touched on this earlier, but what are one, what's one of the most interesting places you've ever been? Um, I think that uh, for me, uh, you know, Japan is one of my favorite, favorite country. Mm -hmm. And uh, I love the fact that they have such a respect for culture uh -huh. and nature. Okay. And uh, it's my favorite place to get away. All right. So are there any celebrities that you've met? I know you probably can't mention many, but um, through this whole process? Yeah, we have worked with a lot of um, people in the entertainment industry, uh, lots of executives, wives. And uh, one thing that was a, a little bit unexpected is I have a significant practice with uh, people in the education field. Okay. Uh, lots of teachers, lots of educators. Um, very interesting. Hmm. Yes. All right. Well, we have Dr. Wang here today to talk about Botox, so let's get to it. All right. Tell us what Botox therapy is and what can it treat? Botox, basically, the way I like to talk about it is I think it's a muscle relaxant. Okay. It just, if you inject to the muscle directly, it will relax that particular muscle. Mm -hmm. And uh, in, on the face, uh, the most common area is your crow's feet. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, also between the eyebrow, okay. uh, there are number 11s. Uh, by relaxing the muscle, you can um, make the wrinkle go away and, um, and give you kind of that more youthful, well-rested look. You don't look as angry. Well, what makes someone a good candidate for Botox? I think it used to be that uh, we, if you have a visible wrinkle okay. and uh, uh, you can use Botox to relieve that. Okay. Uh, lately, we've been seeing uh, more younger patients come in, and they are seeking sort of a, a preventive measure. Mm -hmm. uh, before the wrinkle shows up, they basically say, just <laughs> relax my muscle, right. and I don't want to see those wrinkles. Um, so I think anyone who seeks to have their wrinkle reduced will potentially be a good candidate for using Botox. Okay. Is there anyone out there that probably should not have Botox? Well, certainly we will refrain from treating a woman who's pregnant or okay. breastfeeding mm -hmm. or anyone who's have a known allergy or a significant autoimmune disorder or okay. diseases um, that we would um, refrain from using Botox. Okay. About how much does Botox cost and is it ever covered by insurance? Botox is really uh, never covered by insurance for cosmetic Purpose. Okay. Uh, we also use Botox for medical reason, okay. which will be covered uh, mm -hmm. uh, by insurance. Uh, in in terms of just looking strictly at the aesthetic use, uh, it is not covered by the insurance. However, it's fairly affordable. Mm -hmm. um, that if it's done properly, uh, it can last several months okay. and give you uh, a nice relief. And uh, you probably need to just touch it up a couple of times in a year. And um, it's not, um, you know, um, super costly. It's not? Okay. So yeah. for about a year, let's say you're following through with it, about how much can a patient expect to go out of pocket? Or just some for minor? any particular area, you're probably looking at about maybe five, $600 uh, over the course of a year. Oh, that's not bad. Okay. Yeah. You did say it's pretty uh, somewhat affordable, but for those who maybe can't afford it, are there options? 
I think that um, I always tell my patient that you should, they should budget, like everything else in their life. Um, budgeting for aesthetic treatment mm -hmm. is important. It will allow them to make proper planning. They can prioritize the different treatment. Mm -hmm. and, um, and one of the two I recommend is the, for them to consider using uh, credit card. As long as they pay it off, mm -hmm. um, that they can use that. And, um, and that will help them sort of, uh, if they have to come back and repeat the treatment, and, um, and help them stay on budget. I know you mentioned that Botox wasn't um, a significant uh, investment, but for someone out there who um, just really wants to get it done and maybe doesn't have the finances available then, what options um, do you have for them? One of the interesting thing is that we're seeing more and more patients coming in with their care credit mm. uh, car, and they use it repeatedly. Okay. Because with typical Botox injection is they're returning to our office every three to four months. And then when they return, they have kind of cleared their prior obligation hmm. and they're ready to use it again. And they're very comfortable staying in their budget and be able to handle the payment in three installments mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and not carrying a, a, you know, a excess of balance. Right. So we're seeing that um, usage become more and more popular in the, our practice for the last few years. What should a patient look for in a doctor? For Botox injection, I think the key thing is experience. Okay. Uh, I tell my patient um, that are coming in seeking this treatment is that um, there is a FDA-approved treatment, which is uh, between the eyebrow and in the crow's feet. Do you have any recommendations for patients maybe having a consultation with a doctor, anything that they should ask? Yeah, I think that really the key thing is experience. Okay. Uh, making sure the, um, the physician that are doing your injection are well-trained, have a thorough knowledge of anatomy because... With Botox, you're really trying to inject, for the most part, into muscle. So right. you have to have an intimate knowledge of where the muscle is, uh, where does it go, what does the, each muscle do, how does muscles uh, and other muscles relate to each other. Mm -hmm. um, you, you, you have to have that understanding in order to avoid creating some kind of unusual or weird appearances. Gotcha. Okay, are there any risks or side effects associated with Botox, and if so, what are they? Um, the most common side effect, interestingly, is um, myohytic. Huh. Uh, about 5% of the patient may experience that. Mm -hmm. uh, we have to tell them ahead of the time. So I have a little chishi. I, I, I tell my patient is that about 5% of the patient will get a headache, and then about 0.5% of patients may feel like they got a little mild flu or mild cold. Hmm. But both of them are self-limiting and typically goes away after a couple of days okay. without any additional treatment. Okay. Yeah. Is there anything that a patient can do other than researching um, to prepare for a Botox therapy? I think that um, most of my patients who are coming in for Botox are referred by their friends. Mm -hmm. And so I know that this is a procedure now that's fairly common. People kind of generally like to talk about it. Um, you definitely want to go to a place that does a lot of these right. and uh, making sure that it's done by a properly trained uh, physician. So how is the procedure performed? 
Well, it literally takes about three to five minutes. <laughs> okay. Um, well, we, what I like to do is uh, I like to use um, something like an ice pack. Mm -hmm. And where, whichever area that I'm planning to inject, I'll have the patient hold it for about 20, 30 seconds. And that oftentimes takes the edge of the needle, the, the kind of that sensation away. Hmm. And then I just tell them, sit, relax, let me do the work. And before you know it, couple minutes later, it's all done. It's all done. What can the patient expect to experience during recovery? Just almost no recovery. Um, most of my patients will, uh, you know, will literally go right back to work. Hmm. And swelling or anything? Um, we, don't, we don't expect uh, any significant swelling. Okay. Uh, if there is a significant discomfort or swelling, we'd have them come right back. Because uh, that's unusual uh -huh. and that's not normal. Okay. So the, the the typical course after Botox injection is very minimal to no discomfort, and there should not be any significant swelling. Gotcha. What should a patient experience after the whole surgery is done or the injection? Um, Botox takes about three days to kind of kick in. Okay. Uh, so I tell them don't don't you know don't rush to judgment. Mm -hmm. Give it a couple of days. <laughs> Um, it it kind of reaches its full effect in about a week to two. Okay. Uh, one of the things we do in our office is we'll invite our patient back at about two to three weeks after the injection so we can assess the effect of the Botox and then making adjustment as needed. Okay. And you kind of touched on this earlier, but how long does it typically last? A typical duration of the Botox should be about three to six months. Okay. And it just depends on um, the dosage that's injected. Mm -hmm. And also there's a lot of individual variation. So one of the things with our new patient is we want to bring them back, see how the body reacts to the Botox, and then making the appropriate uh, adjustment that's needed. So some people might get really into doing Botox very regularly. Is there any risk or any studies out there proving that maybe doing Botox for 20, 30, 40, 50 years could potentially have any risk um, associated? I think the first thing I want to clarify is that Botox has been around a long time, mm -hmm. uh, much longer than the 20, about the 20 years that it's been used for aesthetic reason. Botox has been used for medical reason to mm -hmm. treat spasm, muscle spasm, for 40, 50 years okay. and beyond. And so it's got a long proven history of safety. As long as it's used properly, like all medication, it needs to be used properly by the trained uh, physician mm -hmm. to administer it. Uh, with safe usage, um, I don't see any long-term side effect okay. with the use of Botox. Um, the muscle stays alive as long as you let the medication wear off. Mm -hmm. The muscle typically will return to its normal activity. Um, you don't want to, really the bottom line is you want to use it properly with the proper dosing, proper injection technique, and proper spacing. Okay, so it is important that maybe you do take some time and let the Botox wear off before getting your next injection. Um, I think that's one of the options. Okay. Um, we have patients who um, actually do not want the um, effect to completely wear off, mm -hmm. and they come back, and we will adjust the dosage. Okay. I think the, the, key, the, the key thing is really communicate with your physicians mm -hmm. to make proper adjustment. This is pretty much like how we adjust any other medication, we adjust blood pressure pill, 
based on patient's response. We adjust diabetes medication based on patient's response. Mm -hmm. We adjust similarly uh, Botox dosage okay. and injections based on patient's response. So what is kind of the perception versus reality? Some people are worried they're not going to have any expression. Um, enlighten us on that. I think one of the things people have to um, first recognize is that um, Botox is just a muscle relaxant. Right. So if you inject Botox to every facial muscle, you're guaranteed to have a frozen face. Okay. But that should not be our goal. Right. I tell my patient that, you know, one of the big things is you want to communicate, as for a patient, you want to communicate with your surgeon beforehand mm -hmm. about your desired goal. If you wish to be able to move your eyebrow or have certain amount of facial expression, um, we can adjust the dosage or the location of the injection so that it allows for still muscle movement. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the tricks we, we use uh, to minimize, to eliminate that frozen face phenomenon mm -hmm. is that um, I would treat only one or two area. Gotcha. And then have the patient come back uh, in a you know, month or two mm -hmm. and treat another area. Okay. Well, the area that we originally treated now is regaining some of the muscle activity back so that we don't try to treat the entire face, the entire upper face, mm -hmm. all in one setting. And that would certainly eliminate the risk of a frozen face. Is that common or is that just something that you practice? Is that something a patient should look for is um, someone not willing to do their entire face? Well, I think that one of the things for us is respect patient's goal and wishes. Um, and, uh, and we want to also tell our patient uh, to kind of share with them mm -hmm. about what's the best or most uh, effective use of this particular medicine. And uh, if, if someone who does not want to look frozen, mm -hmm. then we can decrease the dose or we can decrease the, the area that we treat or we can stagger the treatment right. over a couple of sessions. And those things will, all, will, will be able to allow us to create a more natural look with facial expression. Are there any alternatives to Botox? I think the Botox... The term Botox is used uh, very generically, mm -hmm. uh, like the word Kleenex mm -hmm. uh, for tissue paper. Okay. Um, there are other brands available that have received FDA approval. Uh, currently, we use three different brands of what we consider uh, neurotoxin or muscle relaxant. Mm -hmm. Botox is one of them. Uh, the other one that we use uh, a good amount would be Xylman. Okay. And then a third one that's uh, very recently entered the market, it's called the Juvu. Okay. What majority of your patients are female versus male? <laughs> Depends on when you ask that question. Okay. <laughs> I think 10 years ago, I would say my practice is about 95% female mm -hmm. and 5% male. Uh, in the last few years, we have seen a steady increase in the number of male patients. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe last year, we're seeing about 20% of our patients uh, being male okay. and 80% uh, female. Are the male procedures any different? Are they the typical that you've already mentioned? For Botox uh, working on male, uh, one of the key points is not to feminize a male face. Right. We don't want the eyebrow to raise up too high, where it's very appealing for a woman, 
but it looks kind of funny for a male. Mm -hmm. So we'll make adjustment when we're treating male patient to kind of maintain their uh, muscular characteristic on mm -hmm. their face and uh, just working, adjusting the dosage um, to reduce the wrinkle without altering that feature. So it have been mostly crow's feet and forehead that the gentlemen are seeking? Um, it's similar area, um, crow's feet between the eyebrow and the forehead. Those are the three most common area okay. uh, that uh, male patients seek. Okay. Dr. Wang, a lot of people um, consult Dr. Google. What misinformation uh, is he putting out there? Well, I wouldn't call these misinformation, uh, such as, you know, you can't go out and you shouldn't exercise uh, right away. Mm -hmm. um, what I tell my patient is common sense. Initially, when Botox first came out, we were all very cautious and very conservative, and we basically made up all these rules mm -hmm. about this treatment, um, kind of taking the extra precaution. Um, you know, Botox has been now treated almost 20 years, and uh, it's clearly proven to be very safe. I tell my patient, uh, maybe not, you know, go to the gym immediately, but certainly in a few hours, if you want to go exercise, you're more than free to do so. Okay. Um, you don't need to um, sleep flat, you know, <laughs> on bed. Um, you should be able to sleep however you want. Mm -hmm. uh, there really hasn't been anything shown that that's bad for the Botox. Okay. Yeah, or, or, or affect your results in any way. Dr. Wang, you have been in business for years, and just with your previous comment about how um, the males are seeking it more and more, is Botox a trend that is trending upwards? Do you tend, do you anticipate seeing more patients um, in the future? Well, clearly one of the things we have seen uh, in the last 17, 18 years is the increasing use. Mm -hmm. And I think that's correlated with uh, general population's uh, overall uh, comfort. Mm -hmm. with this particular medication. Okay. Uh, I like to tell the patient that it really is a temporary muscle relaxant. Uh, people sometimes get scared about the war using, you know, the war toxin, thinking it's a poison. Like a lot of medication, if you use it properly, it can do some wonders. Mm -hmm. But if you abuse it and don't use it properly, then it can be potentially harmful. So it's, it's critical that you have the right people doing the treatment. And then having said that, we do see and continue seeing a growth of people coming in seeking. One of the biggest growth area is our younger patient. They're coming in seeking what they call a prejuvenation. Right. Um, they want to use it so that they can delay the appearance of a wrinkle. Uh -huh. and, uh, and once again, this speaks to the, to the to the importance of proper counseling, mm -hmm. proper dosing, proper injection technique. All right, Dr. Wang, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Absolutely. We learned a lot about Botox from one of the country's leading plastic surgeons. If you're considering this procedure, we hope we've provided the information you need to decide if you want to take the next step and schedule a consultation. All the healthcare experts featured recommend and accept the Care Credit credit card. Remember, Care Credit is a leading national healthcare credit card that can enable you to get many of the surgeries, procedures, and treatments you want now and pay over time with everyday promotional financing on purchases of $200 or more. Care Credit can also be used to pay for co-pays, co-insurance, deductibles, and your health and wellness needs. 
Care Credit is accepted at hundreds of thousands of locations nationwide to pay for care whenever you need and want it. If you are interested in applying for a Care Credit credit card or would like to find a provider in your area who accepts Care Credit, visit us at carecredit.com. And if you found this information valuable, please leave us a five-star review on the App Store and a thumbs up and share it with a friend. I'm Amy Frena with Care Credit, and I will see you soon. Thanks for joining us on Care Experts with Care Credit. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and share with friends and family. And stay tuned for new episodes every week. Purchases with the Care Credit credit card are subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See carecredit.com for details. This content is subject to change without notice and offered for informational use only. You are urged to consult with your individual medical providers with respect to the information presented. Synchrony and any of its affiliates, including Care Credit, collectively Synchrony, makes no representations or warranties regarding this content and accepts no liability for any loss or harm arising from the use of the information provided. Your participation in this presentation constitutes your acceptance of these terms and conditions.